Good morning. Our scripture today can be found on page 976 in the Pew Bible. It is from Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God for the people of God. As we start 2019, if I were to ask you, Right off the bat, what is the most important thing in your life? Jesus, that's a good answer. Yeah. I wonder what most of us would say, though. Perhaps, perhaps, if we took a moment to reflect on it, perhaps we would say that, honestly, the most important things in our lives center on relationships. Our relationships with God, our relationships with one another. I think that's probably true for most of us. And the good news is that Jesus agrees that those should be our priorities. In fact, when Jesus was asked by someone, hey, what's the most important thing in life? What is, if God were to give us one top priority, what is the chief commandment? Jesus said, love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as you love yourself. But here's the problem. Most of us would believe it, and and it's true for most of us, the chief most important thing in our life is relationship. But when we look at our calendars, when we look at the way we spend our time and our emotional energy, I think it might also be true that for most of us, while we value relationships deeply, that's not where most, most of our energy goes. There's a a movie that came out a number of years ago called Fireproof. Some of you are probably familiar with it. It's a story of a guy named Caleb Holt and his wife, Catherine. Caleb was a firefighter, and he lived by one simple premise. Never leave your partner behind. And as a fireman, he lived this premise out fully. He was an outstanding fireman, a fantastic partner. The problem was that His excellence in partnership did not extend to his home life as well. Caleb and Catherine both made choices, as you can imagine, along along the road as the story progresses, and and they they continue to not prioritize their family as their chief priority, and so their marriage starts to unravel. And there's this really important point in in the movie where Caleb's dad comes to him and, and says, Son, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to have more zeal, to fight with more zeal for your wife than you do even for your partners at work. It was a challenge that became known as the love dare. And a phenomenon occurred coming out of this movie. There was a book called Love Dare that was associated with the movie. The book basically challenged married couples, uh, husbands and wives, to love one another as unconditionally as possible for 40 days. And when the movie Fireproof came out, the book Love Dare became an instant overnight national bestseller. And I think this phenomenon teaches us something. 
And what it teaches us is this. We want deep, meaningful relationships with God and with the people around us. Unfortunately, we don't always know how to do that. And so, when a book like Love Dare comes out, people flock to it. We hunger for deep relationships, but so often lesser priorities in our lives drown out those main things. Today we're continuing a series called Simplicity. It's a series that's about how uh, we can leave behind our, our lives of anxiety and stress and fear in order to inhabit a simple life that God dreamed for us. And today we're going to look at simplicity in relationship. Now, there are two kinds of relationships we long for, a vertical relationship with God and horizontal relationships with the people around us. A couple of weeks from now, we're going to conclude this series by talking about our relationships with God. But today, I want to spend our time talking about how we can have deeper relationships with one another. So to put us all on the same page as we really begin in earnest this conversation, I want to phrase a question to you, and it's this. As 2019 begins, would you be willing to do some things differently if it meant you could have deeper relationships which led to simpler, more fulfilling lives? In 2019, would you be willing to do some things differently if it meant you could have deeper relationships that led to more fulfilling lives? I would guess most of us would jump at that opportunity. The problem is we don't always know how to have these deeper relationships. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to spend the next few moments talking through a four-step process of how we cause our relationships to be our chief priority with the end being simpler, more meaningful lives. So in order to do this, normally we kind of do a sermon where I talk for a while, you guys listen for a while, and then we leave. Today, I want to treat this more like a workshop. So those of you who are here with us uh, in the sanctuary, I want to invite you, if you would, to, to grab the bulletin you were given when you came in and look in the back. There's a notes section. I'm going to stop a couple different times throughout the sermon, and I'm going to invite you to respond on on your own piece of, of notes there. If you don't have a bulletin, if you'd raise your hand, I know we've got some ushers that would be willing to help you grab one. Uh, so uh, if you raise your hand, keep those up. Our ushers will come to you. If you're following along with us online, if you click down in the notes section on, on the online interface, there's actually a fillable document there where you can take notes as as well. So the question before us is, how do we focus on our relationships in such a way that it gives us simpler, more fulfilling lives? I'm giving us a four-step process today to help us do that. Step one is clarity. The first thing we have to have if we want to have deeper, more meaningful relationships is clarity. According to a recent nationwide survey, less than one-third of all parents believe they spend enough time and give enough attention to their children. Less than one-third of all parents give enough attention to their children. You can imagine what the number one reason cited for not giving enough attention to their children was. It was the hectic nature of their lives. And it's true. So many things compete for our attention. What we need in our lives is some clarity. Brothers and sisters, simplicity in our lives cannot be 
achieved unless we prioritize the most important things. Simplicity simply cannot be achieved unless we're willing to prioritize the most important things. Our relationships. The only way to live a life of simplicity is if relationships are our central focus. So, I want 2019 to be the year when I am the best husband the world has ever seen. Go ahead, take a picture. Here I am. Uh, If we're going to return to simple lives... Based on relationship, we have to begin by making a clear relational goal. So I want to invite you to pick one relationship. Just one. It can be with your spouse, it can be with a child, it can be with a friend or a loved one or a coworker or a boss. Pick one relationship. Why only one? Because if we try to become excellent at all of our relationships at the same time, our lives will be anything but simple. So pick one. One relationship. And I want you to start thinking through, what would a goal be associated with this relationship? Don't write it down yet, though. Because the goal needs to be specific. It needs to be a what and how kind of goal. If I just say, I want to be the best husband ever, I will fail. I've watched me do it before. I need to specify how. So here's my goal. I want to be a better husband over the course of the next two weeks by spending time every day doing things with Andy that she enjoys. I want to be a better husband over the course of the next two weeks by spending time with Andy every day doing things she enjoys. See, one of the things I know about my wife is that one of the ways she feels most loved is when I spend quality time with her. Clarity in relationship begins by understanding what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. So now's when I want to move into the workshop period. I want to give you about 30 seconds. Write down a relational goal. Pick one relationship to work on for the next week or two. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? 30 seconds. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay, so... Now I've got a what and a how kind of goal. I've got some clarity in my life. This is the relationship. This is the one I want to focus on. And this is how I'm going to do it. What do we do now? Well, the next thing we have to establish is movement. Step two, movement. We've established our clear goal. It's time to have some movement. The goal brings clarity. The movement helps us take steps towards accomplishing it. I want to be a better husband over the next two weeks by spending time every day doing things with my wife, Andy, that she enjoys. It is clear, it's focused, it's doable, but there's a problem. I'm busy. So are you. And we've established routines in our lives that enable us to maintain a busy lifestyle. See, here's the thing. I can have all the clarity in the world But it's useless if I fail to change my behavior. And you know what? If I really want to be the best husband the world has ever seen, if I want to reach my goal, it's going to cost me something. It is. Uh, There are a number of things that I could do to, to help me reach my goal. There's a number of of steps I could take for movement. But one of the things that I can do to move myself towards the goal is is I, I can spend time with my wife every day sitting in the kitchen while she makes dinner. 
And you might say, that sounds like a horrible idea. Why don't you get off your lazy tail and help her cook dinner, right? Well, here's, here's why. Because I know my wife. And if given the options between having somebody in the kitchen helping her cook dinner or just having somebody to talk to while she makes dinner, her preference is the latter. She, she likes the whole process of cooking. She just doesn't like to do it alone. And if I can be really honest with you, as often as possible, we save my children from the scourge of my cooking when we can. So, so I could spend time when I get home, I can spend time with her every, every afternoon. If that's one step I could take towards reaching my goal, just spending time in the kitchen with Andy while, while she's cooking dinner, she would appreciate that, but it's going to cost me something. Here's, here's what it's going to cost me. Hanging out with Methodists all day can get tedious, church. Exhausting, even. So when I get home from work, I like to sit in my lazy boy and be a lazy boy just for a few minutes. The problem is this. Guess what's happening in the kitchen while Rob's sitting on his chair in the living room? That's the time that Andy's normally making dinner. If... If I'm really serious about finding a simple life and, and making relationships the, the center of that simple life, I've got to know it's going to cost me something. It's going to mean I have to change my routine. If I want to live a simple life where relationships are central, I'm going to have to do something differently. It reminds me of that Zig Ziglar quote. If we keep doing what we've been doing, we're going to keep getting what we've been getting. So here's the question associated with movement. What am I going to do differently to reach my goal? What am I going to do differently to reach my goal? We're going to take about another 30 seconds as we workshop that. Three, two, one. Okay. So we've got some clarity. We know what we're going to do. We know how we're going to do it. We've talked about movement, how we're going to transform our routine in some way to bring about this result, this new goal. Step number three is something called alignment. Alignment. If we want to have better relationships that lead to simpler lives, we're going to have to have alignment. You know, it's interesting up till now we've been workshopping this and we've done it together. But in reality, we're, we're having this conversation inside of our own heads about how we're going to make a relationship better up till now. We've all improved one relationship in our lives without ever talking to another person about it. Alignment requires a conversation with someone else, because if my goal is to enhance my relationship with a friend, I'm going to want that person in on it. If they don't share the desire to deepen the relationship, then it's possible things will get awkward. Most of us experience this early in our dating lives. One person wants to get a little closer. The other person doesn't. Somebody starts using the word stalker. I don't know anything about that. Pastor Mark just was telling me a story this week. (laughs) We need to have a conversation. Imagine... Imagine this. Imagine that the person you want to get closer to is is one of your children. Having a conversation with that child and saying, you know, you're you're one of the greatest treasures of my life. And my life is better when I spend more time with you. So I'd like to spend some more time with you. And this is how. Not only would that make that child feel like the treasure that they are or that friend feel like the treasure that they are, but that would be a momentous conversation in the development of that person's life. Somebody loves me enough 
to believe that my, my life is going to make their lives better. They want to be closer to me. Having this conversation is a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to walk up to somebody who you love and say, hey, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it. And then listen. Listen to how they would respond. You know, when I first wrote my goal, the goal I told you earlier, the, the, I want to be the great husband by spending time every day with Andy doing something she enjoys. When I first wrote that goal, I wrote the goal by saying, I'm going to spend the next two weeks complimenting Andy every day. And I realized something. My love language is words of affirmation. That's the way I feel most loved is when people compliment me, when they tell me, hey man, we love you. You're doing a good job. Thanks, man. But but Andy's love language isn't words of affirmation. So if I'd taken that original goal to her and said, I'm going to spend the next two weeks loving you by telling you how good you are every day, she'd be like, oh, all right, whatever. But that's not really how I feel most loved. It's an opportunity to have a conversation. This alignment piece creates the opportunity for a conversation so that we actually can move together towards the goal of having a deeper relationship. Alignment is really nothing more and nothing less than establishing a shared desire between two people to develop that deeper, more meaningful relationship. So here's the question associated with alignment. When? When will you have the conversation? Maybe the person who you've made a goal with is sitting right beside you. You can talk to them on the way home from worship. Great. Maybe you need to set aside time to make a phone call. Or set up lunch with someone. But when? When are you going to do it? I want to invite you to write down right now when you're going to have the conversation that will help you bring alignment around this relationship. Take just about 10 seconds to do that. Three, two, one. Okay. So far, we've got a three-step process. If we want to have simpler lives, nurtured by deep relationship, we've got to have clarity. We've got to have movement. We've got to have alignment. But it's the fourth one that's the real booger, church. Focus. One of the things that is at the greatest premium in our lives today is focus. Many of us have spent most of our lives conditioning ourselves to believe that we can focus on multiple things at the same time. You know that's a lie, right? Multitasking is a lie. We can't actually do it. We can switch very quickly back and forth with our focus, but we can't truly focus on more than one thing at the same time. Do you know the word foci? F-O-C-I. It means, it's the plural of the word focus. Think about it for a moment. Does it make sense to have more than one focus? The word foci wasn't even invented until the middle of the 20th century because it never occurred to people that we could have multiple focuses. Or foci. You know why? Because we can't. Focus is tough. And it's one thing to say, I want to focus on this relationship. It's another thing to recognize that in order to focus on this relationship, I'm going to have to sacrifice something. Focus requires sacrifice. I want to talk about three quick sacrifices that are required in order for us to focus on our relationships. First, We're going to have to be willing to sacrifice the material for the relational. The material for the relational. We talked a lot about this back in November in our Enough series. The fact that many of us are covered up by so many things in our lives that we feel like all we do throughout our lives is spend time taking care of our stuff. 
Is it any wonder we feel less than fulfilled if all of our focus and energy is, is centered on the stuff that we own, cleaning it, repairing it, taking care of it? You know, if I spend all of my time repairing and cleaning my home so much that my relationships are suffering, is it possible that one of the things I need to give up is living in such a big house and getting a smaller one? Some of you didn't appreciate that. I understand. Is it possible? Is it, is it possible that I, I need to be prepared to settle for neat instead of spotless in my house? Some of you are saying, amen, preacher, I'm already there, right? Right? Got it. But, but here's, the, here's the question. What is the material thing I would be willing to give up in order to have that deeper relationship that's going to bring me a simpler life? Sacrifice number two for our focus. We're going to have to sacrifice self-focus for other focus. A nationwide survey of married couples revealed recently that two-thirds of all respondents said their spouses rarely, if ever, offer them words of encouragement. Two-thirds of these couples said their spouses rarely, if ever, offer them words of encouragement. How is that possible? by the way. Here's how I think it's possible. I think we get so tied into our daily routine that we simply fail to take notice of the other. What one thing can I do to help shift my focus from my life to the relationship? Perhaps it's something as simple as setting an alarm on my phone, reminding me to call my friend, hug my wife, play with my kids, Start by scheduling it. What is the one thing I can do to shift my focus from myself to the other? And a third sacrifice we have to make in order to achieve focus. We have to sacrifice busyness for connection. Busyness is an epidemic in our lives, church. In the same survey I mentioned earlier, 87% of people said they don't spend enough time relaxing and having fun with their families. 87%. Half of the people in the survey said if they maintained their current schedule, it would cause them to have negative health uh, impact later on in their lives. 70% of the people surveyed said they changed their, their daily routine if only they could. So here's the question associated with focus. What one thing will I sacrifice to enhance this relationship? We've got to know this. We've got to know this. If we walk out of here thinking that we can, we can just add this relationship to the laundry list of other things in our lives, we will fail. And our lives will get busier and busier and busier and less meaningful. Something has to give. A sacrifice has to be made. So what is it that I spend my time doing that doesn't actually enhance my closest relationship? Maybe it's social media. Maybe there are people in this room who are actually more connected to folks who live across the country than the people who live right down the hall in their own home. What is it I have to sacrifice in order for the chance to live a simple life of loving relationship? Jesus tells us on the most basic level that our lives should be about loving connection. The greatest piece of advice and guidance God gives us is love me with everything you've got and love each other as you love yourselves. 
In our scripture passage this morning in Hebrew, it says, Hold fast to the confession of hope without wavering, because the one who made the promise is faithful. And let's consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet one another, as is the custom of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. What the author of Hebrews tells us is that in our relationships we find encouragement and we find hope. We get to choose the kind of lives we're going to live. They can be scattered and busy and breakneck of pace. Or we can choose simplicity. By focusing on the most important thing in our lives. Relationships. Would you be willing to do some things differently in 2019 if it meant your relationships could be deeper and your life simpler and more meaningful? Today we've talked about a four-step process that would allow us to do just that. And I hope you'll join with us next week. We're going to have a lot of fun next week as we talk about simplicity and joy. Would you pray with me, church? (laughs) Holy and most gracious God, on this first Sabbath day of a brand new year, we pause to give you thanks for the blessings of our lives particularly for the greatest blessings of our relationships with you and our loved ones and the people close to us. And at the same moment, oh God, we confess that we have lived lives that are anything but simple. Yeah, we have allowed so many things to take the place of our priorities. Forgive us. Help us begin this year with simplicity. By centering our lives on the relationships you've given to us. And may our lives never ever be the same again. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. Amen.